Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, January 14th, and we have a super friend show with some bold predictions headed your way. If you want to dive into other podcasts in the feed, there's plenty available for you. Of course, we had Saturday recap, Sunday recap from the super wild card round. Um, then we talked to Jonathan Jones doing some Deshaun Watson chatter all about that. So you can go listen to that as well as some GM and coaching rumors. A Brady Quinn football show is in the feed. And then coming up tomorrow, we will have our best bets podcast with RJ Kenny. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's actually going to stream today. Can we, Devo, can people watch it live today? That'll be live uh, at four and then in podcast fiends. First thing Friday morning. Yes. Yeah, so if you don't want to wait for the best bet show, you can tune into Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash CBS Sports HQ or go to youtube.com or the YouTube app and search for Pick Six Podcast. And you can, and you can actually probably watch it on Twitter if you go to at Pick Six Pod. Those three places, you can watch it live at 4 p.m. and probably a replay after that on Twitch or on uh, YouTube if you're so inclined or wait until the podcast drops on Friday morning. Either way, make sure and check those out. It would be awesome. And then at 2 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts, and I'll tweet this out, uh, on Saturday, we'll be doing a preview on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter, uh, in which we look at gambling DFS for the Saturday divisional games. And then Sunday at noon to 1 p.m., we'll be doing that same thing for the Sunday games, four games coming up. Very excited about them. And now we'll make some bold predictions. With- Brinson, real quick, an hour before pregame for each of those. Sunday starts a little later. Saturday starts a little later. So an hour before pregame is just something good to go by. We'll be we'll live an hour before. So an hour before the first game starts, we will go live. Yep. Maybe 90 minutes if we're really popular. Just kidding. Conference championship. Uh, yeah, don't, I don't need that. Uh, anyway, did Debo just cuss? Wilson, Brian Wilson cussed on the, on the live Twitch stream the other night. It was incredible. The greatest moment in the podcast history. And, uh, Ryan Wilson and John Breach joining me now to talk some bold predictions for the divisional round. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. Well, I can't believe that we had to hire someone to sit next to Debo to bleep out Ryan because his cussing's got out of hand. You know what I can't believe? I can't believe Social didn't cut that rant of mine about that punt by the Steelers early in the fourth quarter because <laughs> that was the angriest I've ever been on this podcast. It didn't involve Brinson just being Brinson. Well, the Social guy's too busy bleeping out your F-bombs, man. You can't do everything. Fair enough. Um, is that your first time you ever cussed on a uh... – It's my first time i ever cussed in my life. That's not true. Is that the first time you've ever cussed like accidentally live on a show or? Yeah. I don't yeah. know that I've not the what ever done it. Like no, I guess I've done it on the podcast before. HQ. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to curse on HQ. <laughs> I, I remember one time I don't, it was after a Steelers loss. One of my passive aggressive happy times, Wilson almost cussed, but he caught himself. So he has come close, but I've never heard him do it uh, ever until the other night. I probably would have cussed if you'd made me do a, uh, 
Colts Bills live stream last Saturday for the fourth quarter of that game. But now Debo will recall, as you guys will as well, I cursed several hundred times prior to the draft podcast last last Saturday. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I was pretty fired up. I know Debo one. has Debo has has plenty of recordings of you cussing. Just that was uh, that was in the middle. That was like oh, as we right, were taking as as we were taking a break before we started up the second portion of the show. Because my uh, internet kept crapping out at the, at the, at the office and I was just like, I can't take it. I had a, uh, falling down moment with, uh, like, a Michael, uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Thank you. Without the gun, obviously. Uh, yeah. Ravens at Bills is our, uh, first game on the, that's it. This is not the first game on the docket. It's actually the Sunday night game, uh, on NBC. Saturday night. On a- Saturday night game on NBC. Is that right? So, Breach, I'm, I'm the schedule guru, Brinson. Trust me. I'll tell you that this is how much Breach is such you, intro, you okay, Breach? Yeah. You looked up to your right like you're about to get attacked. I was trying to get my coffee. I was trying to see where my coffee is. Uh, I got to get my coffee. Get, get mute and go get it. This Call. is how much of a, a Rain Man breaches with the scheduling. Like last weekend, I was um, in Stanford, and I, I didn't know. I wanted to know what time the games were going to be even before the games had finished. So I just emailed him or slacked him, and he slacked me back. And Eric Casillas is like, nah, Breach is wrong on the Sunday games. They always start at 1 and 4. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what? Oh, okay. All right. So, like, I'm dead wrong about these preview shows. The preview shows will be at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. You got to ask Breach. At 2.05 p.m., 2 o'clock on Sunday. So it starts at 3. Did it usually start at 1 o'clock on Sunday? That's what Casilli said, and I said, you might be right, but Breach is rarely wrong with this stuff, so take it up with him. Last year was the first year the Sunday divisional round started at 3.05 and 6.40. That's right. This is the second year, and that's how it will be going forward, because that's always the start times for the The NFC NFC championships. Yes. And they made that the divisional round. That, and so last season was the first time. So it's, that's why everyone forgot. What was the logic in doing that last year? Just, I just think the ratings are a lot higher at three and six forty. Sure. And that's it. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Cause people are out doing stuff, getting launched at, from 12 to one and they're not back home to see the beginning of the game. So they want full ratings. Or uh, church, yeah. or church or church. That your is mom, why the NFL starts at one is church. Your mom's a pastor and you didn't even know that. Well, I do know that. That's why the NFL starts at one. Um, so the, the second game of the day on Sunday, it also threw me off that the NBC game is on Saturday night instead of Sunday night because, you know, Sunday night football. So the second game of the day on Sunday, Baltimore-Buffalo is where we'll start. This is, you know, all due respect to the CBS game on Saturday after, or Sunday afternoon. Baltimore-Buffalo is the highest profile, sort of most interesting game. There's a ton of narratives about this. Josh Allen won his first playoff game. Obviously, Lamar Jackson won his first playoff game. They were combined 0-3 before that. And now the five-seed Ravens, White Hot, head to Buffalo to play the number two-seed Bills. So we'll kind of get into the game by looking at it from a bold prediction standpoint. Wilson, give us a bold prediction for Ravens at Bills. Stephon Diggs, who led the world in targets in 166 and receptions at 127, is going to have four more receptions in this game, and they're going to come with him crossing the goal line in the end zone. So he's going to have four touchdown catches. Now so you might going to have four catches, and all four will be touchdowns. No, four of his catches will end up with him being. In the okay, end zone. so he's going to score four receiving touchdowns. I went a long way to get to the yes, four touchdown catches. And okay. here's the thing: now you might say um, he only had. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games in which he caught at least one touchdown pass, and he had one game where he had he had three. So this sounds crazy. Well, that's why it's a bold prediction. And he's also going to take some inspiration from Devontae Smith, who is now the best player on planet Earth in any sport, who ran all over Ohio State like he was invisible. Well, well, um, just out of curiosity, what does that have to do with Baltimore? I'm just linking to Devontae Smith and Svon Diggs, um, the way they play. Okay. You think they're I, similar? 
No, I just uh, a little bit. They are a little similar. They're really good, but I, I do, we're coming off. You're the just game sort of making a comment on Monday night's game. Yeah, okay. the, gotcha. the way he ended his career as the Heisman winner, and then he only played a half and had 215 reception, uh, 215. Hurt, hurt his uh, hurt his finger. They came back out on the sidelines in a Heisman mask, which was uh, and I don't even pretty know cool. He, he may have had four touchdowns, three or four touchdown passes. My point is that they're both really good, and he's going to take inspiration from that. Okay, so I'm going to grade all these bold predictions, and um, I'm going to give this one an A minus. I think the balance is you can't be just I can't say twenty seven touchdowns because that's that's certainly bold, but uh, yeah, I think but I think four is kind of there. Now, if this hits, I will immediately uh yeah, obviously get a Stefan Diggs and a four touchdown tattoo on my butt. Um if you're setting the what, what's the odds on this? Like what what are you, you make the you know, odds we can, I think we might be able to look that up. Um there's I, no I, way there's well, let, let me just chime okay, in. Well, I'm giving this I'm giving this an A minus because one, I, I feel like you know, to pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, Wilson may not have had this at the top of his mind for 12 hours now, and I have no problem with that. But I think you threw out four kind of in a hurry. I think you could have gotten away with three. And so I'm docking you from an A-plus to an A-minus. I think oh, three a, receiving that. touchdowns is an A-plus. Four is really unlikely. Also, the Baltimore Ravens allowed 11 receiving touchdowns all season long. That's and we're bottom – and we're bottom three in the NFL in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And uh, so I am not entirely bullish on and the idea that to, four is to add happen. on to that point, the Ravens only gave up four touchdowns just total, forget to one player, in four games this year. That's what um, I and Against the Chiefs, they gave up four touchdowns. Against the Steelers, they gave up four touchdowns. Against the Eagles, they gave up four touchdowns. Uh, and their game against the Browns. I lost track. I think they gave up five or six, but so those are the only four times they gave up. Of those teams. And also, team. one more time, the NFL record for touchdown catches in a postseason game is three. Of those teams, how many are better than the than the Bills that you named that had scored four touchdowns? I don't think the, Chief, uh, the Chiefs are. Maybe. And Would you have any interest in scaling back your ball prediction to three? I'll do three and a half only because my next ball prediction is of a similar value. Oh, don't, don't, don't spoil it for the, for the podcast. Well, I, gotta, I, I didn't want to say anything, but you keep pushing me on it. I'm fine with three and a half to four. I'm fine with that. Well, I, don't, I mean, if he scores three and a half touchdowns, that's the most impressive thing of all time because you can't score half a touchdown. Um, three is 45, 45 to one that he will score three receiving touchdowns. All right. To score four, that's 100 to one. It's probably like 90 to one. Yeah, I said 90. Cause that's an NFL record. Can you guys name just one player ever who caught three touchdowns? Heinz Ward. Calvin Johnson. Uh, Calvin Jerry, Johnson. Jerry Rice. Oh, I think only played in like one playoff game ever. <laughs> oh, three in a playoff game. <laughs> uh, and but but Branson, three, you redeemed yourself with your second guess of Jerry Rice. He actually I would also it. say that maybe Larry Fitzgerald and Steve Smith. Larry Fitzgerald, yes. Okay. How about Steve Smith? I'm going All with right. Steve Smith. I'm Keep going with Steve, Steve Smith of the Giants, not Steve Smith of the Panthers. That's how bold my <laughs> prediction is. I, I, when you said that, I thought you meant any, any, any game all time. I was like, okay. So it's been done 18 times. Jerry Rice has done it three. Whew. Larry Fitzgerald has done it once and Steve Smith zero. Okay. Um, but Gronk that's did it once. Oh, Gronk's a good one. Now, has anyone ever done four? No, no one has ever done four. Breach has said that three times. That's, that's, that's why it should be a hundred to one because it's literally never been done in the NFL. 500 history. to one. 90 to one is what it's at. All right. What about Stefan Diggs's expected performance in this matchup leads you to like, do you think Diggs is just going to torch Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, regardless of who he's matched up on, that the Bills will be slinging it around? 
Cause I feel like the Bills may be a little more conservative than normal against a, a defense that's pretty good in, in Baltimore. They don't have to be bombs. John Brown's back, so that helps. Cole Beasley, I don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. I don't know what the injury report is. It looked like Jalen Waddle on Monday night. Like, yeah, and he still had six catches. I mean, he, 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 yeah, he played a pretty good game for being injured, so I don't know what his injury status is now. Um, I just, I like Stephon Diggs and, and I like Josh Allen. I think this is four, four touchdowns. I mean, we went over the odds. It's like a 5%, not even. It's a 1% chance that it happens. Probably less than that. Okay. Um, well, yeah. that's why I'm giving you an A minus because I think if you yeah, took three, we would have been like, oh, A plus, great pick. But obviously I can't give you an A plus. Yeah, I'm okay. A minuses are still A's. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning. I like the Ravens in this spot. Am I crazy? That's your bold prediction? I don't have a ball prediction. You're doing a ball prediction that we're talking about the game. What, uh, what's the line? Uh, it has gone from Bills minus three all the way down to Raven or Bills minus two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a pick em. I, I like the Dick Bills. Season high was three touchdowns. Sorry. I just want to throw that down. I know. Right. I already said that. I, I right. went through his stats. I swear to God, you guys, I, I, I just can't, I can't take it. We're, we're trying to pop you Are you on mute? I can't hear ha- you, Wilson. I don't know what's going on. I'm about on. to have a meltdown, Debo. Hit, get, get your finger over <laughs> the button. I'm trying to get another F bomb out. <laughs> Um, You're trying to help you out. We felt like you were sort of reeling after a questionable ball prediction. <laughs> you have seven touchdowns, forty-two uh, catches. It's a it's a pick'em, but sentimentally, I'm going with the Bills. But yeah, the, the Ravens could absolutely win. And you know, we talked about the five games at the end of the regular season. The Ravens didn't really play anyone. Well, they played someone last weekend, and they they beat them pretty soundly after the 10-0 deficit. So um, again, I think the Bills are over the hurdle of playing big and big moments. I think they're ready to go. But these are two fo- good football teams. Breach, you made a little face. They played somebody and took care of business. Are you suggesting that the I mean, Titans no, are? You just said he beat them soundly. I don't know that a 2013 win with the Titans driving uh, to tie the game in the final minute is soundly. Like what a weird time to cape up for the Titans. I know, if Mike Vrabel's headset would have gone out in the fourth quarter, the Titans probably win that game because then he couldn't call for that punt on fourth and two from Baltimore's forty. No um, one, no one makes more excuses for losers than. Brady. I just don't understand why you even like have to like like they lost. It's over. They're gone. Well, they're done. They're out of the playoffs. Well, I mean, but if if your point for saying the Ravens will play well on Saturday is because they beat the Titans soundly, that's I'm just disappointing or disagreeing with Correct. that point. You got but that also part right. Quit disappointing talking. in that point. Uh, you know, here's here's the thing about this game is that look, the Ravens are this are one dimensional team in the NFL right now. Uh, you know. Are they, they? They no. led the NFL in rushing, They're not. and they had the fewest <laughs> passing yards in the NFL. So it's literally number one in, in rushing, number 32 in passing. W- worth so, noting, uh, Lamar Jackson didn't play for a bit with COVID, and RG3 and Trace McSorley had to start. So take out two games. How much difference is there between the worst and the second-worst passing team? Uh, I think – how many games did Lamar miss? I think he only missed one. So the uh, the Bills finished 12th in defensive DVOA. The Ravens finished ninth. My concern, my concern for the Bills here is that while I do believe that Josh Allen will be capable of of putting up points, I mean, they, they weren't particularly efficient against the Colts in that game. I thought stuttered, stuttered out of the gates, sputtered out of the gates a little bit, I guess would be the, the appropriate way to say it and didn't play their best game and still managed to lob up 29 points. Wait a second. Um, They played a pretty solid game. I mean, the the only issue I had was the fumble at the end. They got screwed out of the call. On, right, on we the, argued about this on on Saturday night. Well, but. quit saying it. They didn't play. They played pretty well. I don't know if they. I don't know if our buddy Aaron Schatz has the DVOA for game by game in the playoffs, but I'd be interested to see if it agrees with more with you or more with me. I mean, I just don't think the Bills played their best game. No, I heard you. That's all right. I mean, okay, 
Anyway, <laughs> my point being is that they're, the upside for them to score 35 points against anybody is there. Even a, you know, a Ravens team that's top 10 in defense, but not necessarily elite in defense, like maybe the Saints, uh, or, or the Steelers end up ranking, even though I think we would agree that they, they don't fit that bill anymore. Um, my, my concern for Buffalo is that you could see the Ravens, if the Ravens can get a lead, I think the Ravens can run all over them. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was eaten. And you if you have a good offensive line and you can, you know, power run against Buffalo, they're just smaller in the interior. And with all the motion and stuff and all the, you know, the 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 various option looks that the Ravens can give you, I think it's a little difficult to I mean, the linebackers for Buffalo are great, but you can sort of nullify that that strength and that advantage they have by, you know, with what the Ravens do on offense. So I think there's that game script where Baltimore just pounds the ball down their throats. And then I, in my opinion, if you were forced Josh Allen to play hero ball off a deficit, it could potentially, you know, he could come back, but it could potentially go really south. And the same could be said for Baltimore. If well, Buffalo comes. This. Who's the best hero ball player when you're down 10 points? Who would you rather I'd rather have, have Josh play? Allen than Lamar Jackson, right. for exactly. sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's the problem here. If Buffalo gets down or if Buffalo gets up 10 to 14 points, I don't feel particularly confident about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens coming back. Although certainly them doing it last week against the Titans makes you feel a little bit better. I mean, that's that, that stat now is one double digit comeback win. But the still, that he's still, never done it is thrown out the window now. Still no comeback when trailing at halftime. So if the Bills jump out to that lead, and my point with the one-dimensional thing uh, that I was going to make is that if they can just slow down the Bills' run game, you don't or the the Ravens' run game, you don't have to stop it. You just slow it down and force the Ravens to pass. And the Titans kind of started to do this, right? That's the, the other thing. But the problem is the Titans got too one-dimensional with Derrick Henry. Uh, but the Bills aren't going to do that. So when you're talking about the Ravens, if you just slow down that run game and make Lamar Jackson throw the ball, that's your recipe to win. And the reason I think they can do this is because if you look at Baltimore's five losses this year, four of them have come to coaches who are ex-defensive coordinators who are going to sit down, kind of take this Lamar Jackson thing as a challenge. We're talking about Belichick. We're talking about Mike Tomlin twice. And we're talking about Mike Brable when they lost the Titans in the regular season. And also, uh, you know, the Titans playoff game last year, again, Mike Vrabel, you have these, and, and Sean McDermott is, I think, one of the most underrated defensive minds, not underrated as a coach anymore because everybody's seen what he has done, but I think people do forget that he's got a very defensive background, and the reason I think Lamar Jackson has struggled against these defensive-minded coaches is because these are the guys that are, are uh doing the Belichick, you know, do your job. You, you have one responsibility. If you're the guy that's supposed to be on Lamar Jackson this play, you can't lose him or he's going to break away for a 48-yard touchdown run like he did against the Titans. And so that's why I think that we've seen defensive-minded head coaches have more success against Lamar Jackson uh, just because the defenses play smarter. And I, I think the Bills can do that on Saturday. And also worth noting, the Bills, who had 19 sacks all season, sacked Lamar four times in the first half. So that, that's – And that, five that, total that, in the game. Titans. Titans defense sucks. I mean, they are due to. I mean, the, the Titans sacked Lamar four times in the first half. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was like, did they play? They right. Play so, in the regular right. season. Did the they? Titans defense. They had 19 sacks all season, came in with five total in, in that playoff game. Mal, um, Malcolm uh, Brown had the, not Malcolm Brown, Malcolm uh, Butler had the interception on the second series. Almost had another one in the end zone. So, the, I mean, and those are from throwing the ball as breach notes. So I, I sentimentally like the Bills and I, I feel like they're the better team. But again, 
let Lamar Jackson have two 75-yard touchdown runs and it's over. So you, you got to be careful. It only takes a couple plays to turn that thing. Here are, including the playoffs, the five uh, most the, – the, fi- the five games in which the Bills have allowed the most rushing yards this season. And there are only five times this year that the Bills have given up 150 rushing yards or more. 245 rushing yards allowed to the Kansas City Chiefs in week six, a 26-17 to 17 loss. 217 rushing yards allowed to the Arizona Cardinals in a uh, 32-30 crazy loss that, that easily could have been a win for the Bills. 188 rushing yards allowed in a three-point victory over the Patriots. 167 rushing y- yards allowed in a three-point victory over the Rams. It could have easily been a loss. And 163 rushing yards allowed in a three-point playoff victory last week over the Colts. I think my point there is, and I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a correlation to teams having a huge lead and running the ball because the, you know, the Cardinals had a Hail Mary and the Bills had this crazy pass interference play that led to a touchdown against the Rams and that Bills Pats game was just close the whole time. The Chiefs took care of business and ran the football. I just sort of wonder if, if this isn't the formula to taking out Buffalo and to, I think that Baltimore can do what Indianapolis did at a better level on the ground. The only difference is can Lamar sort of be free as a passer and kind of and play and like will he play better as a passer now that he's got a now he's got a playoff win? I think that's entirely possible. If he if he lays an egg, then they're in trouble. Um Why would he play better because they have one playoff win as a passer? I just think he'd be a little more loose. Like he's not I mean, I think he was tight against that play against the Titans early. And I will say these teams actually played in December twenty nineteen and, and you know, obviously you can't just watch that game because it's a year ago and say that's what's going to happen here. But it is interesting because both teams were good at the time. The Bills were nine and three. The Ravens were 10 and two. Yep. And the Ravens won that game 24 to 17. But what the Bills did is they said, we're not going to let Lamar run. He had 11 carries for 40 yards. Uh, so, you know, under four yards per carry. He had one run for 16. So you take that out. It was under two and a half yards per carry. But what Lamar did is he completed only 16 passes, but threw three touchdown passes. And so he was just on point. And if Lamar plays like that, then the Ravens are going to win. And on the flip side, Josh Allen got sacked six times and went 17 to 39 and threw for 150 yards. So, you know, if they're putting that kind of pressure on Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen's a smarter, better quarterback than he was last year. Uh, But, you know, if, if that's how this game plays out, then the Bills are in trouble. If Don Martindale has cooked up something like that for Josh Allen before, I think you at least have to be wary that he could do the same thing. Obviously, a different team. Stephon One thing I would say also about that in terms of the Bills. Look, you can run Josh Allen, but what Josh Allen can't do, and he he's done this throughout his career, and he's done it this season, but to a lesser extent, you can't take a huge hit when you're running. Because he's, he's fast for a big guy, but he's not particularly laterally quick. Um, so he can run in a straight line, but he needs to slide because he all it takes is one – Headshot, and that's a wrap. And then it's Matt Barkley time, and forget about it. And we haven't seen a big turnover from Josh Allen yet in in, in a while either. <laughs> he was uh, looking yeah. to make one against. How the dare he How tried. dare you? He, he tried. tried. Uh, all right, Browns at Chiefs Sunday afternoon on CBS Sports. Did, did Breach do his crazy prediction? No, we're just doing one each. Oh, okay. Didn't get the memo. 3.05 p.m. Eastern on CBS, Nets, Romo, Wolfson in KC, looking like 35 degrees and sunny. By the way, we could get uh, snow and nasty weather in, in Buffalo as well. That doesn't – we'll see what the wind is, but I think that certainly favors Baltimore. Uh, should just be 
cold as hell in uh in in KC as the uh, shocking Browns come to town. KC a ten point favorite. Breach, give me a bold prediction for this game. My bold prediction is that the Cleveland Browns finish with more offensive yards than the Chiefs. That's a I um actually so like I that's a good one. I'm gonna give I it a straight. I rarely like anything Breach says bold prediction wise, but that one's pretty good. I'm gonna give it a straight A. And I am still I'm there's something built into there that's like a sneaky breach move. Well, I think let me, I'm gonna guess. The <laughs> the Chiefs offense hasn't been lighting on fire. We talked about it the last six games, they won by one score or less. They lost week seventeen because they didn't play anyone. Um so this ain't the twenty nineteen version of this offense. The Browns are going to be down, and they have to wing the ball around the field. Um, but even if they don't, Nick Chubb can run. As we saw on Sunday, he can run for drag teams up and down the field by himself. So I, I think there's plenty of avenues for a lot of yards for the Browns playing catch-up, and, and the Chiefs will end up winning by four points. How's so, that Breach, is there, a, is, there a, is there a trick here? Is there a, is there a... There is. There, I, I just think that what Wilson kind of said explains it where – so option one – there's like three doors, and I like that there's multiple options for the Browns potentially to have more offensive yards. Number one, door number one is the Chiefs come out rusty like they did against the Texans. The Browns have a big first quarter, maybe two scoring drives. One could be a field goal and a touchdown, two field goals, whatever. So all of a sudden they have, say, 160 uh, offensive yards, and the Chiefs have 50 after the first quarter, a quarter and a half, and then Kansas City puts it on. Uh, number two is the Chiefs go up big early. Browns are playing catch up the whole game, especially the second half, kind of like we saw in the Steelers Browns game. And the Steelers ended up with more total yards than Cleveland because they were playing catch up the entire time. And then number three is that we just see another shocker. The Browns pull off the upset. And if they do that, I think it's going to be because they slow down Kansas City's offense. Just looking back on the Chiefs season, um, they, they, they have like, Four, they have like five or six games where they won and had less, uh, had less total yards than their opponent. Um, they also had a couple where it was very close. So this is entirely plausible and I like it as a, I like it as a prediction. My, the only thing I can't get past for this game, I do think Cleveland can cover. I mean, 10 is a ton of points in, in any game. I mean, I think, I think it wouldn't be shocking at all if, if the Chiefs blew them out of the water. My Why thing, though? What's that? They haven't blown anyone out yet. Right. I mean, they've kept all, all these games have been closed, but it is Andy Reid off the bye. That's true. Andy Reid off the bye. Or Andy Reid off two byes, really. I was going to say, well, so is Andy Reid off two byes negate Andy Reid off one bye? Is that too much bye? No, I don't think week 17, Patrick Mahomes is off two byes. Andy Reid just off one. He still had the game plan for week 17. Um, the, the issue is that you watch what Big Ben did in the second half. And I know that, that the, that was tight butthole syndrome, I think. No, but I mean, those dudes were running wide open. Um, you look it's at, hard to play with a 25-point lead with 30 minutes to go. <laughs> especially when you're Cleveland, you haven't been to the playoffs in right. freaking forever. That That's true. Uh, I will point out what this stat, these stats from our uh, friend of the show, friend of the program, Aaron Schatz at Football Outsiders. He is taking a look at the Browns' defense and where they are bad. They are 29th in DVOA on deep passes. They are 29th in DVOA on third down passes. And they are 28th in DVOA on passes to tight ends. If you had to pick three stats that you really don't want to be bad at against the Kansas City Chiefs, those would be it. If Patrick Mahomes just converts third downs, if Ke- Travis Kelsey is running wide open like those che- Steelers receivers were for much of the game, and if Tyreek Hill is getting deep on a frequent basis, this is a bl- potential bloodbath 
You the only hope question. Denzel Ward is back. I don't know what this, his status is. That that would certainly help. Denzel Ward would would be a huge difference maker for sure. I don't know that he is Denzel Ward covering Tyreek Hill. Oh, I mean, I, that's nobody not, is, but you have a plan that involves a first round pick that's pretty good. So yeah, yeah. no, he's been fantastic this year. Um, I so I guess that's sort of where I'm at. I I want to take the Browns. I want the Browns to be frisky here. I think the Browns can hang around, but at the same time, when you start to look at the matchup and what Kansas City might do to them. The only path to Cleveland, the only, there are two paths to Cleveland covering. One is whatever happened against Pittsburgh where they score early and then they just kind of hold on. The Chiefs win by seven or two. The Chiefs are up by 14, um, you know, four, somewhere between 14 and 16 points and, and Baker Mayfield throws a garbage time touchdown, which I, I, either one is very plausible, but man. Just, I don't know. Kansas City could just come out. And, and Brinson, I know you mentioned the Andy Reid off the bye thing. I mean, two quick stats on that real quick. Uh, number one, in his career, he is 23-3, and three, including the playoffs, coming off a bye. Number two, when you combine just Reid and Patrick Mahomes together off a bye, they are 6-0, and oh, and they average 38 points per game. Whew. I mean, it can't, so the, the look that I would make here and I'll, I mean, you know, we'll talk about this more on our best bets podcast tomorrow, but the Chiefs team total in this game is 33 and a half right now. Now it's heavily juiced minus 125 to the over. Whatever. How are the Chiefs not scoring 35 points? They average 38 points off a of bye with Patrick Mahomes. The only way they don't score 35 points is if the Browns score less than 17. Like 31 17 is possible. 3114, 3110. I mean, if it's just a, if it's a, if it's a slaughter, this I don't think team Andy that Reed... had, this is a team that had 10 points with two minutes to go against the Falcons in week 16 and should have lost, except that AJ Terrell dropped that interception in the end zone. I mean, they could very easily score 20, 25 points. The Chiefs? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you on that. Okay. To over under 25? I will say that I think the Chiefs yeah. are kind of, kind of underestimating, kind of underestimating the Falcons who had a bad record, were a bad NFC team. They're not going to be underestimating anyone in the playoffs, especially a team that just upset the Steelers. By the way, somebody just dropped a, uh, Super Bowl week video of us singing Andy Reid off the bye in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. As Wilson points out, that was just 50 weeks ago. Feels like the 50. last time I left my basement. Yeah, it feels like 50 years ago. Last sporting event for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I have, I want to say that the Browns keep it close. I have a hard time actually imagining that. I do like the over here, uh, the regular over and I like the, uh, the, the team total for the Chiefs over. I don't know if I can get behind the Browns scoring more than 23 points. Hmm. Dude, they lit up the Titans. Chiefs defense isn't great. Compared to the Titans defense, they lit up the Steelers. I mean, they got they got lucky with the turnovers, and that's a big part of it. I don't know. Are you on the Browns bandwagon? They scored forty two in the loss to the Ravens. They're gonna they're gonna cover. I think they're gonna cover. Okay, tens a I, lot. Tens a lot of points in the divisional round. It's a lot of points, but anything less than ten, and every one of their brothers taking the Chiefs. At ten, you can at least talk yourself into the Browns. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's take a break. When we come back, NFC bold predictions. All right, Rams and Packers. This game is slated for Saturday, 4.35 p.m. on Fox. Two Fox games this week. You know, lucky. Uh, Breach, what is your bold prediction for Rams and Packers? Packers are minus six and a half in this game. I am going super bold here. My bold prediction Rams is that bold. whoever the quarterback is for the Rams throws 
more touchdown passes than Aaron Rodgers. Wow, that is spicy. That sounds Dibs crazy. QB, regardless. Jared Goff, John Wolford, Blake Bortles. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It could be anyone. That's that's very spicy. Now, there's a there's a uh, I mean, I, I got to give that an A plus. I mean, I don't I don't know where else you could go with that. Um, Thanks, Brenton. I mean, I mean, right? I agree. But, I mean, I but doesn't it have to have actually happen? Like this isn't happening. Uh see, I disagree. See, there's an out here that you haven't considered, Wilson, and it's that the Packers, Aaron Rodgers throws. So Devontae Adams is down on the one and then Rodgers runs in or Aaron Jones runs in or, you know, Jones breaks off a few big runs against the Rams. It's a low scoring game. There's two Walford touchdowns or one Walford touchdown and three Packers rushing touchdowns. There's a ton of outs here for breach in what is a bold prediction that most people would look at and say, that's insane. Okay. It's insane. Isn't I thought you were really? just going to go with the Rams win the game outright. No, that's I, I tried that's, that with the Bears last week. That blew up in my face. That's actually less bold than the the one the bold prediction he made. It might be. So there's definitely a path. You can go with like Cam Akers 200 rushing yards. So the path to the Rams that's winning it. is pretty obvious, right? Devontae Adams locks down. I mean, excuse me, Jalen Ramsey yeah. locks down Devontae Adams. And by locks down, I don't mean three catches, twenty yards. Eight we'll catches, seventy yards. yards. Seventy eight yards ca- would be bad. I was gonna say eight catches, no, no touchdowns. Yards. Anything under anything under 100 yards and no touchdowns is a lockdown, in my opinion, of Devontae Adams. And maybe even under 100 yards and one touchdown. <laughs> if he went 70 and a touch, I think people would be like, all right, good job, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, 100%. Um, he locks him down. Aaron Donald is fully recovered, uncorks on Aaron Rodgers, just gets in his grill. And we've seen this, and, you know, we've seen this in the against Tampa Bay this year, where Rodgers got – punched in the mouth and kind of quit. And we saw that from San Francisco twice last year in the playoffs, including in the playoffs. And so I just wonder, is there a chance this Rams defensive line can be so aggressive with Jalen Ramsey in the back end that it really just ruins Aaron Rodgers' day? I don't think it's crazy. I mean, that's exactly how you're going to beat him. That's your route to victory. And you know what? I think a lot of people, when John Wolford was starting in week 17, everyone wrote off the Rams and said, well, they can't win. They can't beat Kyler Murray with a backup quarterback, but it didn't matter because the defense played so well. I mean, Kyler Murray went out with an injury, but still they held the Cardinals to seven points and the defense scored nine of the 18 points. And then you look at last week against the Seahawks, John Wolford starting. Jared Goff has to come off the bench with like half broken thumb. They still win. Why? Because the defense shut down Russell Wilson came up with a touchdown just like they did against the Cardinals. And that pick six ended up being the difference in the game. Uh, you know, because if it's 23 to 20 instead of 30 to 20 there at the end, it's, it's a completely different game. And so this, this week, yeah, you, you, this week you say, you know what? Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't make big mistakes, but the last two weeks, it's just the Rams can't win. They don't have a quarterback. Their defense is going to have to win it. It's the same thing you're saying this week. Uh, so as, as well as that defense has been playing, as long as Aaron Donald is on the field and you know what, he's the only one with a rib injury. So maybe they have to cut a snaps down. They have have to cut a snaps down. eh, I don't feel so good about this game. Uh, but if I'm the Rams and I'm a Rams fan, I, you know, like, I think it's plausible. I I have that upset in my mind. I think it's completely possible. I mean, it's, you look at this game, by the way, you know, it's crazy about last week. The, um, the two quarterbacks who were making their debuts in the playoff, both won outright. Walford and uh, Baker Mayfield, which is kind of crazy. I, I mean, I think it's you look at this, it's like Walford going to Green Bay in the weather. This is not happening. This is not a plausible outcome. But just because of the way that the Rams are built 
Um, and because the Packers' biggest weakness on defense is that you can run against them, I there's a chance Cam Akers goes crazy. And if you can make the Packers one-dimensional, even at home, and they have to come back, and their one dimension is happens to be your strength on defense, in other words, rushing the passer on the interior with Aaron Donald and then, you know, that coverage on, a, on an alpha receiver, I think there's a chance the Rams can pull off this upset. There's also a chance, you know, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers MVP things. They score twice in the first quarter, and it's good night, Irene. Right? Yeah, yeah. I can buy that. All right. And the last uh, time these two teams played, uh, they've only played once since McVay was hired. 2018, the Rams won 29-27. It's a much better Rams team. But Aaron Rodgers only threw one touchdown pass in that game. Hmm. Uh, the, the Rams defense did a good job of bottling them up. So, who knows? Okay. Bucks at Saints. The, uh, this game is the early, or the late game on Sunday night. Fantastic. Brady and Breeze on Fox, 6.40 PM. Saints are three point favorites in this game over under 52. Wilson, give me a bold prediction here. Well, I prefaced it, uh, sort of gave you a sneak peek with the, um, Stefan Dix bold prediction. Antonio Brown, this guy's going to score three touchdowns. So he started off his Buccaneers career, zero touchdowns in his first five starts. I think they went one and four in those games. Uh, and then he ended the season with touchdowns in each of the last four games, including two against Atlanta in week 17. I think now he's going to score three and the Bucks still don't lose. All right. So the grade for this, I want to give it a B minus because you just basically duplicated your Stefan Diggs ball prediction. However, I have Antonio Brown on an FFPC championship team and I want to will, I want to wish cast this into existence. So I'm going to give you a B plus. Um, I'll take it. And I'm, I'm, I actually think this is, this isn't that crazy because of how New Orleans plays coverage. Like I would anticipate that we got a, the thrice annual for this year, uh, friggin', um, Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore, just bloodbath, blood feud. Those guys hate each other. They fight every time they're out there. And Wait, so I think Marshawn and who? Mike Evans. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I missed that. Remember when that, like, Jameis ran on the field and, like, poked, like, Marshawn Lattimore in the back of the head and Mike Evans went nuts and got ejected? No, I don't. I, and they started punching, he started punching him and they, they oh my God, they battle every oh, time. Good. All right. That makes they sense. They hate each other. Good. So I think a lot of that, like, they're going to be focused on Mike Evans and then I think they'll focus on Chris Goblin. And I, I agree with you. I think the forgotten man here, might be Antonio Brown. And, and as, as Breach noted, Rob Gronkowski has scored three touchdowns in the playoff game before, so he could be a, a next factor. Yeah. They got to get the ball out quick, too. That's the other thing. If you want to beat the Saints with Brady, I think you got to get the ball out quick. Um, I like the Saints a lot in this spot. I think. It, I do, too. You know, I don't think it matters that you it's a, can't beat the team three times in one season. Yes, you can. It happens all yeah. the time. As Breach puts out, it happens like two-thirds of the time. And the only time it does is 0-4 against – Sean Payton, since he's taken the Buccaneers job. So you think about the fact that his no risk it, no biscuit offense just hasn't been working against the Saints defense. Tom Brady threw five interceptions, uh, in those two losses this season. Brady's just struggled to beat, to, to move the ball on the Saints. The really Brady is, Brady and the Bucks are one and four against top 10 defenses by DVOA straight up and 0 oh and five against the spread in those games. That's not but, good. That's not good. I mean, not they're really just not. Though. They're not, they're not great against great defenses and the Saints have a great defense. Um, if I do, I do think though, I don't think this turns into a blowout though. I can't buy, I can't buy no, the fact that Tom Brady and this offense get blown out in the playoffs. I think it'll be close. I think the biggest concern is the Buccaneers defense. Yep. If you can, um, if Alvin Kamara, 
Like, can they slow down Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas? Because I, I, I think the Saints started to get something cooking against the Bears. They sort of, it's sort of like a training wheels game for them coming back and trying to get healthy. Yeah. The, those guys haven't played together in forever. Kamara, Breeze and, and Thomas. So that was, like you said, sort of a preseason game for them. No, right. disres- no disrespect to the Bears. <laughs> oh, whatsoever. I, you know, I'm going to bump you up to an A minus on Antonio Brown. There you go. Uh, any, uh, any other thoughts on this game or anything else from these, these spots? Nope. But you can go to YouTube and watch me do a draft show with Brady Quinn. From four to five p.m. Well, people won't know that this will be Thursday. So yes, yeah, so go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and watch the video that was recorded on Thank Tuesday. You, and then in the comment section, you can wish me happy birthday because my birthday was Wednesday. No, nice. oh, Breach, happy birthday! Sorry, Wait, Breach, we got. I got to go, but Breach is gonna be forty. No, that's ridiculous. thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Okay, Thank be forty you. or thirty-nine. I, I'm the youngest one on the podcast. Okay, thirty-nine. Evo's, by the way, 28 or 29. Evo's on like a separate conference call. All right, Wilson's got to go do the draft show. I got to go walk my dog. Breach has got to go start celebrating his birthday a day early with lots of tequila. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday, Breach. Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in to the pick show tomorrow. We will see you guys later.